and welcome everybody to another edition of the Between Two Wheels podcast. This is your host, Tyler Yonke, Bad Boys. We're going to talk today, uh, maybe a controversial issue, maybe something that you will end up hating about me in general. Uh, basically, there's a young cyclist in Florida. He's been arrested. It's wrong on so many levels. We're going to go down. We're going to have some video to go along with this. So you might want to check in uh, on our YouTube channel, but we're going to talk about it. We're going to discuss the whole issue. And you know what? It's your fault. That's right. Coming up, Between Two Wheels podcast. The opinions and views expressed on this podcast are solely those of Tyler Yonke and no one else associated with this podcast, racing team, friends, family, law firm. All right, bad boys, like I said, welcome. This is Tyler Yonke, the Between Two Wheels podcast. Hope you're all doing fine today. You've probably heard about it on the internet. Uh, Facebook had a post and people were going crazy in the cycling world about this kid in Florida, uh, 18-year-old Javier Lopez. He was arrested for, I don't know, was he running a stop sign? We're going to go through it. We've got video of all this stuff, so we're going to be able to show you that, and we're going to be able to do a little breakdown of that. We got a little news clip, some other things, but I'm also going to take a controversial opinion about this that I'm probably going to piss everybody off. Everybody off, and the um, maybe we can get. I'm going to tick you off, but in a in a way that uh, my my goal here is to get a little bit more of a kumbaya moment and to maybe have some of us coming together uh, to solve some problems. Look, people see issues out there. We write, we see this with the political side right now. See, um, some people are can point out problems and the solutions are vastly different. You know, do you want, you're trying to drink out of a, a, a fire hose. Are you going to turn off the back, the, the, the valve at the end? Or are you going to try to do something weird? I, and I think the solutions a lot of time are nearsighted. You got to go back to the, to the problem and maybe we'll solve some things there. So what exactly happened? Well, let's take a look first of all at a news story we've got going on here um, with, uh, out of Florida. And they, they, they broke it down. They have a little bit of Tonight, it. Tonight, a young bike rider right that. is in trouble. He was thrown into jail for allegedly ignoring deputies and riding away. But his attorney says that is not what happened, insisting the 18-year-old cyclist was just riding with family and friends and did not hear the deputy. Seminole County Sheriff's deputies say the teen and his friend blew through a stop sign at the corner of Florida Avenue and this Van Arsenault kind of Avenue. Even-handed um, take, it's give the police side, give the kids side, but then we're going to see the body cam, we're going to see a dash cam, and, and, and maybe get a little right better now. breakdown. Oh, look at that, Will Ferrell. Talking about this one. I know he's doing news now. He was doing traffic enforcement right here at this corner. He says a couple young men on bikes came zooming around the corner, went through the zooming. stop sign, and kept be going. Later. He says he yelled at them to stop. They didn't. He says he got in his truck, pulled alongside them, and yelled for them to stop. They didn't. He says finally he pulled in front of them and had to slow his truck down to make them evasive moving numbers. One of them, not both, just one of them in charge, that young man with fleeing and eluding and resisting I, I love arrest. this guy in Blades of Glory. Javier Lopez, his dad, and about a dozen other bicyclists who ride together every Saturday were finishing a 65-mile workout when it ended like this. Lopez in handcuffs taken to jail in the back of that Seminole County Sheriff's Office truck. His family's representative gave us these pictures. Our involvement is because an 18-year-old boy was handcuffed and thrown in jail, um, and we're not quite sure why. Rachel Maney is the National Director of Bike Law, a network of independent bicycle attorneys fighting to protect bicycle riders and their rights to ride on the street like Javier does every day, she says. My hope 
in all honesty, is to resolve this quickly so that Javier can put this behind him. This is Javier's mugshot oh. after he was taken to jail, Brutal. booked on resisting arrest and fleeing at eluding police. But Maney says that's not he him. Looks, he looks evil. Oh, kid. I guess maybe not. Maybe he's just Puerto a nice Rico kid. Last year, never been in trouble, rides hundreds nice of miles every week with his family and friends. You believe the boys just didn't hear the deputy? I do. I do. That's my personal belief as a cyclist. The deputy wrote in his report that he yelled at the two young we'll men come to back stop to this report after they in a rolled bit. through a stop sign, and then they looked back at the deputy acknowledging his presence and his command. When he got in his truck and pulled alongside them with lights and sirens, he writes that one of the riders again looked at him and put his hands up. Uh, I don't believe that they turned around to wave Puts his hands up. Is that an exasperation that or acknowledgement? You, you'll see the, the, the issue here. Which could look like a wave to a non-cycling person for the vehicle behind him to go ahead and pass safely and she also wants to know it why it was just javier arrested in charge and not that <coughs> other young man who was riding with him so far the sheriff's office tonight is not talking they say their arrest report speaks for itself but now live in Seminole county eric von eich and getting results new six all right so for those of you who should be able to only have the uh the audio version of this uh, basically, uh, the news reporter looked a lot like a young Will Ferrell. So <laughs> there's a you know I, career move. Uh, anyway, that that's kind of their take, and we're gonna walk through some of this, and I'm, I'm gonna show some video, and I'm gonna talk about it as well. So if you only have the the audio side of this, uh, maybe you want to check out the YouTube channel. Uh, we'll have a link in there to that where we break all that down. But we'll also try to describe it as best we can. And those of you that are out there uh, riding bikes, uh, you'll be able to kind of give some of this. So. Um, that's also before we do that bike law. I just saw Rachel Manny. She comes out there. She's she's helping us out. And I thought she did a pretty good statement. The, originally, this came out on Facebook, and I actually reached out to um, the people that had posted. The, the it looks like some of the other persons in the riot. I don't know if it's a like a coaching service or what have you that had had some things. That post has been pulled down. No response from them. So I'm not getting anything out of that. But I thought maybe we would um, kind of read along here with what they had posted on their bike law um, blog, bikelaw.com. Here's a picture of Javier getting arrested. You've probably seen that. And his resplendent in his kit, it looks a lot like the new Trek uh, training outfit. But um, Monday, February 10, um, I decided to give a statement to Channel 6 today because the Lopez family is understandably upset that articles and reports which pieced together hearsay from a social media post. That's the one, uh, I think the one on Facebook that kind of blew up and police report do not accurately reflect what occurred on Saturday morning. Investigative reporter, Mike Holfield uh, and folks at click Orlando have been incredibly supportive of our efforts to make Florida a safer place to ride a bicycle. And I felt comfortable clearing the air as much as possible at this juncture. Of course, we all wish we could share more, but Javier's best interest is what's important. And we are all still hoping for swift justice for which uh, sometimes ironically takes time. I felt it was important to express that our involvement with this situation has nothing to do with Javier's alleged failure to stop at a stop sign. We'll, we'll break that down as well. I, I did want to reiterate our belief that obeying traffic laws and respecting law for enforcement is responsible is the responsibility of all road users, regardless of the number of wheels we choose. Okay. Um, 
wheel fluid, I guess it would be. Uh, what makes this different, uh, this situation so troublesome isn't whether a boy or two failed to come to a complete stop. What's disturbing is that a boy was thrown into jail for something he didn't understand and something that both he and only the one eyewitness insisted he didn't do. At the time, we do not have any evidence to support what is in the police report, but we do have video evidence which corroborates a testimony given by both Javier, the eyewitness, and several other cyclists that were on the ride Saturday morning. It's important to express that every cyclist on the ride was an observer to Javier being cuffed and taken to jail, acknowledged that he had, in fact, not come to a complete stop, that issuing a warning or ticket for the moving violation would have been a reasonable response uh, by the deputy sheriff. No one was seeking special treatment or claiming to be above the law. Our continued hope is that there is a resolution in the next couple of days that allows a fine young man with a prior, no prior convictions, tickets or arrests to be put in this horrible experience and put it behind him, uh, focus on things he loves, going to college, working on his local bike shop and riding his bike. Okay, so I think that was actually a very good breakdown from bike law and kind of uh, just from them answering some of the questions, putting it out there, taking responsibility, yet at the same time, not being, um, you know, necessarily passive about their, their client's position either. Cause I mean, it's kind of a, it's kind of a big deal. So maybe we should go to two different videos. We're going to see here, <clears throat> this is a four-way stop. This is much different than the, the situation I expected. I expected it to be kind of a bigger road. Cyclists come flying down there. Look, so let me give you a breakdown. If you're not familiar with kind of how cycling works, as far as group rides go. This happens all the time. We have weekends, a uh, big bunch of riders get together and we do group rides. And a lot of times those rides are somewhat competitive. So it's almost like you're doing a race out there, but you have traffic to worry about and you have stop signs. And a lot of times you, you're rolling up, maybe have a big group. This one didn't look particularly big. There's two riders kind of what they would say off the front. They have a gap on the other two. Uh, on the other riders is about 12 or so that come back uh, later and maybe you're doing kind of team tactic stuff maybe you're doing semi racing but you're you're getting a good workout in and some of those like i said those tactics take take place but you've got to do this within the the confines of traffic and being safe out there so what we end up doing a lot of times you end up coming to stops and you're rolling them you're taking a good look if there's no traffic to be seen you're kind of going through the stop uh, but we're always very aware of this and you try to, you know, look, we got to coexist with traffic. We do these all the time in, the, in Northern California, Colorado, Florida, all these different places, cyclists get together. I mean, I was just out here a few weekends ago and there's great weather and there's tons of riders on the road. There's all kinds of skill levels. There's, you know, higher end ex pros and pros out there that are doing, you know, group rides together. There's just your, your older people that are riding there, your, your couples, there's a bunch of people out there riding. And uh, for the most part, you're not getting a lot of, um, we're not having, you know, I didn't see any deaths on that day. doesn't mean that it doesn't happen. But uh, for the most part, uh, cyclists and um, the, the traffic, uh, we coexist fairly well. There's, you know, look, as a cyclist, you know, the car is going to always win. So you, you got to be very careful on that aspect. And, you know, it could happen if you're in another car as well. But um, I, I, we work, we're symbiotic in a sense. So anyway, let's take a look here at this first video. And now these are the videos that have been released. Bike Law posted them up. I'm going to be put, playing them here and I'm going to be commenting because uh, it's the sound just exactly how, how I found them. Um, I don't know if Bike Law produced the sound, uh, did any editing. I doubt it. I think these are exactly as they came from the police department, which uh, 
excuse me, which is um, a little interesting. And we will kind of see because because they do some some interesting stuff with the with the sound. There you go. Okay, so let's do this first one. This is um, guys ride it up to a stop. They're slowing way down. They're looking both ways. I mean, they almost come to a stop and then they roll. This is the dash cam. You see an officer walk out there. Looks like he's, I don't know, his place is blurred. He's waving. I mean, if it was, he's not in his car. Neither one of these two guys are in their car. Um, and now it's 20 seconds since they went through. 22, you can start to see the approaching riders. There's another officer. There's two officers. So this guy turns a corner and he heads down there. So they're kind of hit. Oh, there goes the siren. And now he guns it up to the riders. Pretty loud siren, by the way. He's going really fast because these, these guys are fleeing the scene. I mean, they're not, they're, they're single file. There's no, there's no uh, bike lane. So now he comes up to them, still going single file. <clears throat> I mean, they're just, I don't know, 20, 20 miles, 22 miles an hour. They kind of look back. They're like, oh, what's going on? Now he yells, pull over. And as he yells, pull over, then they're um, basically, <laughs> and we'll go, to, we'll go to the next video here as well. So he yells, pull over. And as he yells, pull over, the sirens are blaring. It's, it's tough to understand if there was uh, much of a ability to hear any of that. So now let's go to what we would call, well, they, they call it the uh, body cam, okay? So a very similar video, body cam from the same, some, from the same officer, and we're going to see a little, uh, once again, another perspective of this. Okay, so we'll roll it as the, it looks like the cyclists are just coming into the four-way. And there, there's a lot of trees. Now, we also can look at the charging document where they say that the stop sign was unobstructed. Eh, there's a lot of trees around here. And it's kind of the country, the little roads. I don't know why, first of all, why these two officers, um, it looks like it's a four-way stop, why they're at all on this particular place here. But um, let's let's go to this video. Okay, riders come through. He, he he, he motions with his hand. You can't hear anything. Once again, they didn't produce any sound. So now he, oh, look, he, he waddles over. He gives, the, he had a radar gun. There's two officers out there. Protect and serve. Gets in his car. <clears throat> Once again, you still don't have any sound coming yet. Oh, there it goes. So now he's screaming out. Okay, so he's in the driver's seat. He's going to approach the riders on his on the passenger side, okay? We heard him yell from the dash cam video uh, previously. It takes him a while. I mean, 30, 30, 40 seconds. It's now been 50 seconds since they went through the intersection. Um, and and this, I think there's a pull over. So you can all you can hear is a pull siren, over. pull over. You can hear the siren and the kids are supposed to hear, you know, he says, you know, in the certain in the news report that he had yelled at them many times to stop. So they didn't pull. He's yelling at them. And now we're also going to see him. Okay. So they pull over. He gets out of his truck. Obviously, it's so dangerous. They're now on their bikes still. I told still. you to stop. So just stop. And Legs. you kept going. Because we have, I, I stopped. Yeah. No, you didn't. Eh. Yeah. California stop, maybe. Why are you doing me? Because I'm putting you in handcuffs. Now he immediately handcuffs this one kid that, that, that has the accent and talks back, right Lopez. Now. The other one, he doesn't do anything. Their legs are over the top right? tube. Why are you doing me? Do not oh. fight me. 
Don't Stop fight me. Stop right resisting. These are key words because to him, it sets up any kind of, if there's an incident, now he can put this kid down if he has to, and he's probably justified because he said, stop resisting. Now he's, his legs over the top too. He's got cleats on. There's, it's not resisting. It's simply an issue of balance. Uh, also, you can notice the kid had headphones on. Okay, so he's, remember he was coming up to him, yelling at him, with the sirens going, with the noise of his engine, and they're supposed to be able to hear this. And he had waved them down previously too. Told him to stop, and he didn't stop. Told him to stop. Fantastic. Fantastic. Kind of being. It's calling it in. Why are you doing? Kids in cuffs. I mean, that was an immediate handcuff job. No real explanation as to what happened. What's that? We promise, we just didn't hear it. Hey, we, just, we didn't hear it, man. Come on, let's, let's work through that. I'm behind you with lights and sirens, and y'all ain't stopping. You can take the bike. You can have the bike. Dad comes up there, takes the bike, says you can take the bike. Dad has the same kid as he does. That's a felony right there. That's a felony right there. He's he's telling him. Y'all can go over there. Yeah, yeah. This is a young guy. This is a what? A young guy. Yeah, we're just... Young guys. Okay. Yeah. First, time First time for everything, the officer says, because this is no big deal. It's just, hey, everyone deserves the right to get thrown in handcuffs and taken to jail. The wind's in our ears. We can barely hear anything, especially with all this stuff on. Yeah. You know, once we did okay. hear you, we did pull over. Today's so. not the time for roadside jury. Okay. What was that? Today's not the day for roadside jury. Roadside jury. So the kids, uh, he doesn't want to give them the chance to, uh, to have any, you yeah, know, look, they're not going to have their due process out there that day. Uh, so there's one, actually just one other thing we'll take a look at and then uh, we'll do a little breakdown of kind of what my, my issues are. Okay. So the officer obviously um, had a lot of things going on there. Guys come through the stop. They are not going fast at all. I mean, these kids, you know, I, I, if I saw something like that and we often see cops out when we're out doing group rides sometimes we'll, we'll go through about that pace uh you kind of come you get eh, sometimes i've you know wanted to put my foot down and you do just to make sure uh but the cops are usually a little bit more sensical at least maybe because there's so many cyclists out there um, where we're at uh that they, they take that into account now the officer you're looking to look here and i'm going to talk show one more thing up here on the screen here and we're going to see um kind of the charging document so this is what I got off of the video screen here. Uh, I think to take a, a note, uh, they're charging him with resist, officer, flee, elude, with uh, lights, sirens, active, bond of $8,000 for that, resist, officer, obstruction without violence, thank you for that at least, $500. So, and then there was a nice little, you know, right up here, he's really, and, and I, I, this is part of what the police have to do. If you go in, they have to indicate that they're, you know, governmental and that they're wearing their badge and all this stuff. I was wearing a department issued jacket and my badge pinned to the front jacket visible with both my department patches visible. Well, obviously not visible to uh, the kid when they're when they're doing the writing and other. But um, what's interesting when you see that document is there's no charge. Uh, at least maybe they're they're going to change this, but there's no charge there for actually running the actual stop sign itself. Um, resisting arrest of what? What, what, was, what was he being under? What, why were you detaining him? I understand uh, the document. I mean, we saw in the video, the kid went through the stop sign, but you'd think in the, in the actual charging document, you would have the underlying issue that the cop had the, then the ability, the priority, the obligation, the duty, the, the right 
to actually uh, talk to him. You know, because an officer comes up and, and asks for your papers, what is this, Germany? You know, you, you don't aren't under the obligation to, unless there's, you know, probable cause or sus, uh, reasonable suspicion of something which they have to actually articulate, you're not obligated to, you know, uh, be uh, adhering to his every whim and wish, which this guy obviously um, was was very concerned that there's something wasn't going to be uh, taking place until he was, look, this guy obviously had, uh, this guy, I say, it, um, the officer, I think he had a, had a problem. Um, and, but why are we here? And why is this your problem? Well, we love making rules in this country. And so I'm going to, you see a lot of outrage here. And I think it's, 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 unless you're doing everything in your life to make sure that this situation is not uh, hypocritical for you, maybe, maybe it's something you need to take back. And I think there's two sides of this on the political spectrums that are both um, at fault in a sense. And, and this is where I'm probably going to get into trouble with, with everybody. And, you know, maybe this is uh, where Tyler gets canceled. Maybe this is where uh, this show is uh, the last episode that anybody's really going to care about. But, look, we all love making rules, we being the society. Um, and I think that's where – so from the left perspective, um, a lot of restrictions. Uh, Kamala Harris running for, for president. She's no longer. But when she was uh, the, the – uh, uh, the DA here in uh, San Francisco in the AD for Attorney General of California. She was big on, t- she, you know, she was uh, putting parents in jail for truancy, uh, fining them for that. She was big on to prosecutions for weed and all these things that she was real big on. Look, Governor Newsom just passed, what, 1,200 new laws for the state of California that went in, or going into effect coming in you know, 2020. Uh, there's not all the archaic laws that are being taken off the books and replaced. You know, this is just additional all the time. There's more and more and more. And there's got to be an enforcement procedure. How do we, how do we enforce these? Uh, Trump is looking to uh, outlaw vaping. We're going to start, you know, arresting people for that. Um, you've got you know, marijuana laws, opioids. He's all over, you know, there's all many kind of things we can go on from both sides of the spectrum that are interested in passing laws. You've got just some crazy stuff that's out there. I mean, there's all kinds of always weird laws that are still in the books, but one of them, uh, this guy, <laughs> this Senator from uh, Oklahoma a few years ago wanted to pass a law that would outlaw the consumption, human, any food product intended for human consumption, which contains aborted human fetuses. I, I didn't know, is that usually a problem? in Not in Oklahoma, right? I don't know if they're eating aborted fetuses. And even when asked, he's, I don't know if it's a problem, but you know, maybe he feels uh, this is a way for he's going to you know, get reelected or someone had some problem. But it seems pretty, pretty uh, ridiculous. So you've got, once again, laws that are coming on the... Uh, back up just one moment um, of stuff that you're actually the laws themselves are then putting the police in a position of because you've got to have someone enforcing them. Eric Garner uh, in New York, famous case, uh, kind of an overweight guy, more than kind of, and he was selling Lucy's. If you don't know what that is, there's a basically individual cigarettes he was selling those on the street. Which you know, if you ever look at condiments as an example uh, or something, and it says not for individual resale, well, that's pretty much what he was doing with cigarettes. He was selling them on the street uh, one by one and the police were not going to have a part of that. And I don't know why they would care. Maybe because they're not getting their tax out of it. So therefore the police then are, are then going in and enforcing it. And what ended up happening is, I don't know if he's resisting or he's a big guy. They're trying to cuff him. They put him down to the ground. Next thing you know, they choke him out and he's dead. 
Okay, he's dead over some loose cigarettes. And and look, uh, one side will say that's ridiculous. You know, it's overstepping by the police. And the other side is like, look, the police are just doing their jobs. And, you know, I'm just saying, why are these laws in effect? There was a famous Supreme Court case uh, several years ago that came up and I'm blanking on the name, but it might have been Loving. Um, but anyway, appropriately named, it was uh, it was a case where some, I don't know what the issue, but the police came into this uh, these, this couple's house in down south and two gay men they were having sex and so then they get uh, prosecuted for sodomy because it was still on the books and it was against the law you know basically comes up to the supreme court and, and um clarence thomas is like i don't remember what the ruling was on it however his comments were this is a ridiculous law but you need to remove it from the books rather than us nullifying it because that's a law you have on the books i mean you're, you're allowing these people to prosecute you for something ridiculous you're allowing them to enforce it and you know come into your home on suspicion of something you're doing a, a private act um re, re, you know recall it from the books basically but then you have the other side you have the other side that is basically defending the police in all matters i don't know if you're gonna who's gonna defend these two guys or at least this particular officer maybe maybe you're a policeman and you're gonna defend it for some reason and you've got justifiable reasons such as hey the kids they rolled the stop sign now what if what would happen if um you know the the, the kid out there just was much more resistant um maybe didn't understand english at all and he's in next thing you know there's there's a fight and why pick on him and not the other guy i mean it was really odd there um and next thing you know you know, the police officer is putting himself in a position where um it's you know there could be a confrontation like the eric gardner thing you know look police officers are not just you know born out of some primordial ooze uh like you'd see in minority report where they just are all knowing and happen to to know who the good and the bad and what's going to go happen these are just your normal people so you have your job um you know there's competent people there's incompetent people there's people under stress other ones take it the problem you have here though is each of these officers are put into a position of authority they are he says we don't need to have a roadside jury well you that's totally what you're doing when you're arresting this kid at this point you've gone beyond um, just giving him a ticket and being able to have his due process you're you're basically well you're in, uh, imprisoning him and you're taking him to jail. <clears throat> you know, what What if it's a false, you know, we don't have a, a recourse in this country of, uh, you know, the police arrest you and maybe it's a bad arrest, maybe it's a bad guy. You don't then get to charge the police officer with uh, false imprisonment. You know, the qualified immunity issue is, is probably one that would, maybe would clean up some of this uh, problems. But you've got an issue and it reminds me, look, I've done, I'm, a, I'm an attorney, I've done uh, criminal law, I've done civil, do, I only do family law at this point. And part of the reason was, I just got a little tired of going up against the state all the time and uh, police officers. They are considered um, the, they are the highest basically in the respect category when you go into court as a witness. The judge sees it that way judge he's got his bailiff he's uh he's his, his bailiffs are there you know I, I like actually all the ones that i work with uh good guys uh, there's there's a few that you know but these are once again these are just people uh they're not some sort of uh you know heroic uh and you can you know, maybe take a count of of who the, you know they're just normal people normal people with a lot of stress i couldn't imagine being out there every day having the, the crap you see people at their worst i see i understand that myself and you can't help but have a possibly a little bias. Maybe this guy uh, was a little upset about his own fitness in this case. Maybe he was a little upset about um, just whatever in general. Uh, maybe he's upset about having to be out there uh, collecting revenue in in, in this case. Uh, so anyway, you've got you got some issue. And and my 
distaste of doing that kind of thing. I mean, a lot of it is has to do with the, the, the client, um, you know, being able to afford the defense and going up the, and cause you know, the presumption of innocent until proven guilty, this kid um, was immediately arrested and yes, he's going to have his day in court. And the presumption from the court is that, but you've already arrested it. You put a kid in Lycra in jail. <laughs> That's not the kind of outfit you want to be in jail with. Uh, especially at 18 years old. And it's, it's you know, the, the police officer here really had kind of a, oh, you know, first time for everything, got to learn, uh, you know, we're going to do roadside jury, da, 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 da. But it's pretty, pretty nasty and harrowing, I imagine, for that kid to be arrested, taken to jail, booked, everything. Especially you can tell there he didn't have the, the, the best of, uh, his English wasn't top notch. Uh, I mean, he was speaking fine, but you know, there's a little bit, it's, it's just nothing is good about it. Anyway, back to my experiences, you know, it reminds me of uh, the OJ Simpson trial and the, the, you look at that and you go, oh my word, he was able to get his, his uh, dream team. He spent, I think approximately uh, four and a half, $5 million for his defense. And you go, that's, that's ridiculous. You know, someone with a lot of money can end up buying their way, uh, their freedom. Okay. You, you look at that and, and that, that you can take it from that perspective, which is kind of true. And then you add in, you know how much the, the prosecution spent? They spent $9 million for their bad dream team to, to prosecute OJ Simpson and, and did it horribly. That's up. That's ridiculous. And so you get someone Javier, um, you know, some, he's got to put up some money, uh, you know, got to do bond. You've got to uh, get an attorney to get, to be out there and help him. Um, and if he's only, you know, maybe it's going to cost him 20,000, 10, $20,000 to do something like this, but the state, if they really want to push it, they'll be able to, you know, push more than that. Maybe defend this officer, which it seems like kind of an absurd thing to do. Okay. So what's, what's us all about? Well, once again, we've put these laws in place, we have these uh, these uh, these police officers who are out there tasked to enforce the laws, which which makes sense. Someone's going to do that. Uh, but what what are you? Why are these guys kind of on the road out there shooting their radar gun on this nice Saturday morning with nothing else to do? I thought their duty was uh, protect and serve. That's kind of what we we've done. No, we've got these laws and we've turned these police officers into revenue resources. And we can talk about that. You know, there's a famous case, well, famous issue, uh, the Marjorie Stone Douglas uh, uh, school in Parkland, Florida, that was, you know, the, the shooting that happened down there. Uh, there was a police officer on campus and six students ended up filing a federal lawsuit against him, Scott Peterson, bad name, um, filed a suit against him and Broward County for not protecting them. And, um, that's not actually what the Supreme Court has now determined with multiple cases. Um, here's a little, neither the Constitution nor state law impose a general duty upon police officers or other governmental officials to protect individuals, persons from harm, even when they know the harm will occur, said Darren L. Hutchinson, a professor and associate dean at the University of Florida Law School. Police can watch someone attack you, refuse to intervene, and not violate the Constitution. Supreme Court has repeatedly held that the government only has a duty to protect persons who are, quote, in custody, he pointed out. So Javier, once he's been in custody, now they have a duty, you know, once he's uh, handcuffed, uh, because nothing ever bad happens to them once that's happened. Um, the Supreme Court has actually handed down rulings that are in line with this case. In the cases of DeShaney v. Winnebago and the town of Castle Rock v. Gonzalez, the Supreme Court has ruled the police agencies are not obligated to provide protection to citizens of citizens, sorry, uh, in other words, 
Paul, uh, police are well within their right to pick and choose when to intervene to protect the lives and property of others, even when a threat is apparent. And by the way, Castle Rock, it's a pretty egregious case. I don't know if you really want to um, actually take a, <laughs> take a look at that. So what do we have there? Maybe it's a, maybe this is a public service in a sense of starting to understand um, that, yes, you can call the police. Someone's breaking in your house. I'm sure that happens all the time. Or you can learn how to protect yourself. But what is their duty and what is should be your expectation? Um, this incident with this kid on the side of the road, you know, there's sadly, um, I just saw some Twitter um, videos the other day. Some, some police officer kids are arguing in school and this police officer ends up choking the kid uh, passing out to restrain him. I don't think that's necessary. That's not really what you have. You know, there's videos like that all the time. And yes, you may think that those are a little bit um, overdone. So you've got, once again, one side that tends to think that, you know, the blue line, the thin blue line, the blue line matters, uh, blue lives matter or what have you, and they can do no wrong. And a lot of times these officers are actually following the procedure and they're doing as it's, it's, it's laid out there. So they can be kind of, uh, you know, okay. And acquitted on that. It's, it's, tough to, to get a police officer, um, you know, when they, when they really do something bad. Uh, but on the other side, you're putting, if you're, if you're making all these wrong laws, you know, Kamala Harris, she's, um, truancy and she's prosecuting, she's forcing the police to go into these neighborhoods to convict and arrest and put themselves in a harm and put the, the community at, at odds with the police all the time to enforce these kind of laws, which is, uh, that's her own constituency. That, that's a horrible thing to do as well. So we've got, I'm trying to come at this from both angles. Maybe we can, we can get some, some resolution. Special treatment. They had mentioned that is, um, was Javier, does he, was is he deserving of special treatment? I don't think there was any special treatment needed. There was just maybe a little bit more common sense. Um, if he had been a police officer, do you think he would have been let off? At the time? Yeah, probably so. If his dad had come up there or the other guy that was riding with him had been a police officer, just said the right things to this officer, do you think he would have just backed down? Yeah. And if you think that's the case, then there's also another problem. There is special treatment, and that's ridiculous. You should not be able to – it's either um, – Let's have some sense about this and let's either take, you know, someone's doing wrong, you're arresting them for doing wrong or you're giving them a ticket for doing wrong or you're letting them off for, for, for different reasons, not just because of, of who they are, what they look like, uh, you know, gender, anything else. Um, you know, look, we are cyclists out there. Sadly, we, yes, we, we do break the law. We, we do roll through stop signs, but um, I don't think those should be thought of as strict liability. There's strict liability, and then there's what's called mens rea. Mens rea is your thought process. You have to have an intent to do crimes. A lot of times there's intent crimes, murder, uh, breaking and, uh, and entering, those kind of things where you, uh, favorite one is joyriding versus stealing a car. If you go with the intent to take the keys, get this car, and, and your intent at the time when you're doing it is to you know steal it, then that's stealing. But if your intent is actually, and this is total law school hypothetical, because how are you going to determine this? But if your intent, you can prove that your intent was to bring the car back, then it's just joyriding. And there's a difference there. Well, then there's strict liability. Strict liability is, doesn't matter what your intent is. If this X, Y, and Z was done, you're liable for it. And that's the way the officer is doing this. I mean, you look at these riders, they're slowing down. Yeah, they didn't put their foot down. I don't know what the actual law is there in Florida, but it is not an egregious thing. And then to arrest them and, and kids got headphones in, they're screaming siren, he's yelling at them to pull over, probably had no clue. 
there was no evading look there. Plus the body cam and the dash cam don't show the rider's reaction as he's coming up on them. So that's a little disappointing. But yes, we do end up rolling through stop signs. There was a case here a few years ago. A friend of mine won't mention that uh, the news came out and we're talking to people on group rides and, you know, talking about running stop signs. He's like, no, we don't do that. And then uh, they started off on the group ride. Uh, didn't realize that the news crew was going to be following them as they filmed that guy going through stop signs as the, he just said he doesn't do. So look, um, this is a, this is a complicated issue. I'm, I know we're going to get hate on both sides of this thing, but you know what? Uh, this is kind of my thing. If you want to complain online, you see something like this and you want to complain online, maybe look back at yourself. Uh, think about how you view the all the laws that are out there, what, how you view the police officers that are out there doing these jobs. And maybe you need to change your perspective a little bit. You can change things in Congress. You can change things on the local level, in the state Senate. And maybe it affects how uh, its reactions and these things go back and forth. Hey, that's that's my only solution. Otherwise, I my big goal here is to keep uh, cyclists, um, you know, safe and to, to kind of report on this. Plus, I just kind of wanted to mention how uh, what a douchey guy this was, and that uh, you know he's he's kind of crazy. And I, I don't think that all that that is a good officer. He would probably be bad at almost any other job he's doing. So that's kind of my take on it, and um, that's just the way we feel about it. So anyway, thank you once again for joining us for the Between Two Wheels podcast. This is Tyler Yonke. Hope everyone has a great day out there. Episode 159. Find us on YouTube, everywhere else you can do. Between Two Wheels podcast on Facebook. I expect some uh, some comments from this show. I do. So take care.